2: Showtime, folks! This is where the big boys play, huh? Woo! And look, it's over. He's ready!
0: Oh, there It's gonna be the biggest battleground in the history of our sport. Welcome
2: to the Cold Classic Night Review with the best Tony Giovanni impression. I'm Tom Campbell with WCW Kid of Cold Harbor KQ Sam Driver. We're the coolest mug.
1: Like, hold on. <laughs> it's like pointing sound, at dri-
2: chest. sound driver is just <laughs> adjusting his
1: microphone, pointing there at his chest. Goes. Yeah, right in my titties. My titties we were talking directly to say. your breasts. They do. Uh, they do all the talking for me. No, I've got a, a, a Japanese Sonic the Hedgehog mug. Yeah. I really like but, that. Like, classic Sonic. They had all the casts. They had a uh, well. They definitely had Sonic Knuckles tails. There might have been a big one. Ooh. Or an Amy one. I don't know. Foggy. Have you seen, or do you have designs on seeing Sonic the Hedgehog 2? I still need to see the first one.
2: What? It's on like all the streaming I'm platforms now like, yeah. for free.
1: Man, I, I don't know what it is. Like, I uh, I kind of, I've fallen into a bit of a rut with films and it sucks ass. Because like, you're a
2: real movie guy. So that yeah,
1: that's it. where I come from. <laughs> uh, come from the movies. It, it's, it's just, yeah, I'll get out of it. Everybody kind of has ruts with films. It's sort of like, you know, everybody kind of falls in and Mm. out of love with wrestling it's sort of like that i i tend to watch a lot of like really dense like world films as well which like when i get burned out on like straightforward movies i'll try to go off and 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 explore some weirder stuff and then i bought some jodorowsky the other day and i was like oh i'm so excited to see the holy mountain again i forgot it was the one he blows up all the frogs in in like the opening five minutes and it's like Oh, it's just a load of actual frogs getting killed. (laughs) Great, (laughs) and then that just yeah. I may as well like load in the uh, the depressing triple factor of uh, triple factor trifecta of that. (laughs) Uh, jacob's ladder and requiem for a dream and just sit there in the dark with a glass of milk afterwards, <laughs> and reconsider every bad decision i've ever made in my life it's a hell of a saturday night that was
2: <laughs> Whoa, that's a deep dark saturday night yeah was your saturday night in front of the wrestling any better yeah really
1: enjoyed wrestlemania really mm. enjoyed wrestlemania and um you know it wasn't it wasn't like a hundred for a hundred you know i think that bailey could have definitely been involved in some way yeah, shape or form like i think you know there's one or two moments throughout the night where it's a bit like eh, each night but ultimately overall they did del- they promised a stupendous wrestlemania they delivered a stupendous <laughs> wrestlemania we got a fucking vince mcmahon match man. <laughs> yeah. i don't know it was like you know it'll probably be better if you watch it back in double speed it'll feel more real but like i don't care it was great
2: top marks to and I know some, this will be something you appreciate top marks to the editing team from WWE in the video package for Wrestlemania I'm fucking sick of people going
1: oh what an amazing edit job it's just a it's a hard cut That's it's a, a, it's a good editor, edit the editor will be sat there going it's just my job <laughs> Cause that's what editors are like. <laughs> I think it made it look like a legit stunner. Oh yeah, like the the quick flash, the quick kind of flash cut between was great. Like mm. it, it, it saved it saved that moment to no end. And yes, I agree firmly. The the editor deserves a raise, but I'm sure the editor sat there going like. Just my job. It's just my job. <laughs> but I tell
2: you, who else deserves their flowers? It's Michael Cole in that sequence.
1: Oh God! As,
2: um, as he as he booted him, and then the man staggered back. Michael Cole on commentary goes, "Vince McMahon trying to get away. <laughs> He's on the ropes. Mwah. perfect." <laughs> Thank you, Michael Cole. What a stupendous WrestleMania. (laughs) But we cannot linger in 2022. We are back in 1995, December the 18th, to be exact, for another episode of Monday Nitro. So let's look back on last week's episode of Nitro compared to Raw. Uh, In the ratings, Raw did a 2.3 and Nitro scored a 2.7 impressive showing considering that Roars was a go-home show for a pay-per-view New York yeah. do you not know I mean shit <laughs> fucking shit <laughs> oh. more like shit shit one, Georgia, obviously.
1: Georgia, yeah.
2: Let's see how we do in December the 18th, 1995. <laughs> Some stuff on the real world. UK box office number one still gone. Nah, Makes sense. A talking oh, pig. Oh, we just had a flash oh, there. It's fine. It's still it's on. It's all right. We're still going. I have a, to keep an eye. A talking pig is on the
1: horizon. Oh, no way. As Babe is about to knock Bond off I, you in know, a few days' I, time. I mainly watch just, you know, general movies. Mm-hmm. depressing movies and movies of historical and or cultural value. Cause that's just, you know, I, I as we were just talking about, I study uh, like I studied film and stuff and it's something I had to stay on top of and breaking down shit. But then you kind of film like babe pig in the city comes along and you just can't, you know, it's like Stuart little. It's fucking awesome. Great. And you need yeah. those, those kind of movies in your world. I still can't believe, I think I put uh, Oh God. Yeah, you do. Uh, I put, um, Stuart Little was on T V like a while ago, a good few years ago now. But I remember it was like opening credits and it's like written by M. Night Shyamalan. And I was like, <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> but yeah, no, you need you need Feel Good. Feel good's my favorite genre of movie, surprisingly. A ray of sunshine, aren't I? But I li- Amelie's <laughs> the greatest film ever made and I will fight to the death over that.
2: I like the M- I like M. Night Shyamalan writing Stuart Little. It very much screams the I've got a heating bill imagine, imagine. <laughs> to pay. No, I, I don't know I if have it was because it pay. was it was
1: just before. <laughs> well, no, it would have been after um, he'd kind of broke through. So I don't know if it was like a labor of love mm. uh, or something like that. But he he did a really good job with it because I mean, Stuart Little's a bit of a shit fest. <laughs> but come on, come on. Uh, as Babe sizes up Bond in the US, just real quick. You know what yeah. else was a banging nineties? Oh, movie? go on that nobody talks about enough. And the amount of people I talk to who have never even seen it, and it's one of his finest performances outside of Funny Bones. It's fucking Mouse Hunt. Nice! Mouse Hunt with Lee Evans yeah. Nathan Lane. Uh, oh my God, like fucking... That's a good shout, I, that is. Christopher Walken <laughs> as the exterminator. <laughs> oh, Lee Evans is... Uh, Lee Evans Phenomenal is a great actor.
2: example of Phenomenal somebody. Phenomenal
1: actor. He is. And he did that thing where he made the fuck you money. He, no. You know what happened with Lee Evans' career, apparently, no. in Hollywood? So apparently it got to a point where um, they did Funny Bones. He And Funny Bones, for anybody that's not seen it, just find it. It's incredible. It's all set. And, like, I think Blackpool. And it, it's, it's about, like, a family that are kind of involved with crime and and this guy who's being framed for something without really realizing it. And there's a lot of like familial ties and mafia and all this stuff going on. And Lee Evans plays this kind of, um, you know, like individual with with his own problems going on in the family. And he's kind of made, made the patsy. But that kind of ballooned his whole career film-wise. Because obviously, you know, he was a rising star in the comedy circuit anyway. But like film-wise it blew up. Then he started doing bigger and bigger movies and then I believe I read somewhere it was his wife just went, no, no, you're not just pissing off to Hollywood and, you know, leaving me for some starlet. Wow. Uh, and I that's what I remember reading. I don't know if it's true, but I mm. remember it being like, oh, yeah, it was kind of like he went, well, this is going to disturb my family life. Then I'm not doing it. Wow. And It's, 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 it's a shame because the guy's such a good actor. But good for him, though, choosing family. Oh, yeah. Uh,
2: That's a very noble
1: thing to do. Yeah, I'd have thrown them all under the bus. Millions of dollars. (laughs) Pool and LA. No, of course I wouldn't. (laughs) Maybe. US box office number one this
2: week is Jumanji. Oh,
1: fucking hell. Was that 95? Yep.
2: Jesus. I remember having that on VHS. Based on a picture book by Charles Van Alsberg in 1981. Oh, do you know who was originally considered to play uh, Robin Williams' character, Alan? Who? Tom Hanks.
1: I uh, I could see it because Tom Hanks has got that similar kind of you know the heartstring pulling mm. ability, but night it was ready made for robin williams that i
2: think it was uk music charts mj earth song still in there still i can cling to those two branches getting blown away <laughs> what about <laughs> christmas number <laughs> one uh us charts number one is mariah Carey's still uh, the
1: unstoppable uh, mariah carey i know i know she was a big deal but fuck me <laughs> the 90s were a wild and different time
2: <laughs> in the video game world final fight three for the snares nice. mixed reviews for the third in the trilogy, saying that it got very samey to play, but then most side scrollers were, and that was part of the fun, surely.
1: Yeah, but I mean, we were still coming out of an age where arcade games were still being ported very heavily to consoles, more so than you know they would be now. <laughs> yeah, we were getting like a lot of arcade games coming through, and I was reading uh, uh, just before I came in a review of the updated, remastered, remade uh, House of the Dead, and it kind of summed it up perfectly. It's like you know times have changed, everything's moved forward if you are a fan of this you'll probably enjoy mm. it but you know it, it it was very much like same old same old same old same, until playstation rocks up yeah cuz it's just you know oh it's another port oh it's another rpg oh it's another side scrolly street fighting game or it's a beat em up like <laughs> mm. <laughs> it's just it's just, yeah if you like that it style it was all kind of arcade based and then we started to slowly branch out into more and more narrative outside of just rpg
2: Mm, I'm with it, I'm
1: with it. In other news, this is the week
2: that Charles and Diana divorced. They actually announced their divorce the <laughs> day after Nitro. I don't think it's related, but... <laughs> She's just a huge Hogan fan. <laughs> she was really pissed off <laughs> with the reception in Flair Country. <laughs> she was livid about it. She was Charles livid. was just loving it. Oh, I'm a big fan of Flair style and proverle and, and all of that. Um, yeah, so this, yeah, so big day in the royal world. Uh, in the wrestling world this week, according to the Observer, some notes from Dave Meltzer's comic to share with you before we get into this week's episode of Nitro. Mark Madden was fired. For a few hours, just a few, from the WCW hotline this week by Eric Bischoff. This is great. It wasn't until late in the day when someone in the office listened to the hotline and Bischoff freaked out when Mark Madden pointed out that Hogan was booed in Charlotte, and he said, "I don't want Uh, Eric Bischoff." A Bischoff said, "I don't want Mark Madden on this anymore. You uh, shouldn't be pointing out Hogan got
1: booed. You're sacked." uh, I mean, it's the fucking wrestlemania pre-show all over again isn't it where it's like oh this is easy work or like you know oh, we had such fun like and just taking the f5 again and again and again it's like fuck me if you would just put them all in a ring with bradshaw i would pay you hundreds of pounds just to see what would fucking happen but it, it, it it's kind of you know you've got to know where you are you've got to be aware and you've got to be respectful of the fact that you know yes you are part of the this, you are one of the boys, you are in there, you're working with the company, everything's grand, but you gotta toe the company line. Mm -hmm. So if the company doesn't want you bringing attention to the fact that Hogan's getting booed, you don't do it. So why do you think Mark Madden, a few hours later, was rehired? Bischoff probably forgot that he was featured on some upcoming string of shows that had been pre-taped and they needed to carry it over. That's a great answer, but it's not the right answer. Right. So what Did he tell a funny joke?
2: No, it wasn't a funny joke. Did he fart
1: in Jerry Sanks' face? There was no wind
2: involved, as far as I know.
1: What about licking... I don't know, like the floor of the arena. I don't think any tongue action was involved either. No tongue action. No farting. How? Any, what, what other did he just go, go up be? to Bobby Heenan and give him a good, good deep <laughs> inhale? Just no, no. He, he wasn't sniffing the brain.
2: He didn't sniff the brain either. I, was, I don't know. I'm all out ideas. T- I mean, that's, that's all it could possibly be. <laughs> So this is out of left field. Uh, Nick Lambros, who is the company lawyer, said this is not a good idea to sack this man (laughs) because Mark Madden actually recorded this a few days ago and everybody signed off on it and said it was fine. And then it went out and so... So he could easily say that Mark Maddow could file unfair dismissal. Unfair dismissal. Since so many levels. His, his
1: behavior was technically approved of. His te- yeah. Yes,
2: the, the whole thing was approved of. It was recorded ahead of time. No one bothered to check it until it was out for the day. Uh, so Bischoff said, all right, you can come back. But look, don't mention... Hogan getting booed and don't talk about UFC because apparently he mentioned a couple of UFC results on the hotline and they're like don't because at this point UFC's on the march It is, and there is a feeling that it could be competition for wrestling.
1: Yeah and I mean uh, we all know that Vince could or Vince was sort of thinking about buying it yeah. at one point and the, the. I think it was important UFC stay individual simply because it has led to a bit of a conversation about the wrestling world because it's sort of like You know, every single person's gimmick now is I'm a great wrestler pretty much. Mm -hmm. But when you've got people who are out there like actually, you know, wrestling each other to the ground and beating each other to a pulp, then it's a bit like, well, maybe we've got to dial this back a bit, get some more characters in there, make it fun again. So we're kind of hopefully leaning... And this mania was a good indicator of that, I feel. Like it felt very fun. It felt like they finally kind of clicked on it. But... It felt that way, that they kind of got the nice balance. Yeah, but then you'll see them fire, like, Bray Wyatt and say he's difficult to work with, and it's like, it's the best fucking character you've had in ages. <laughs>
2: what do you want? Class of the Champions is coming up 23rd of January in Vegas. They've already got an idea of the matches that are going to go down at Caesar's Palace. Uh, it's going to feature matches between Hulk Hogan and Randy Savage versus Ric Flair and the Giant. Sting versus Brian Pillman. That'd be a bell. Alex Luger versus Eddie Guerrero, Kevin Sullivan versus Disco Inferno, and Alex Ryan D. They're also doing. Hey, man. <laughs> They're also doing
1: a mock wedding. It's Alex Wright. <laughs> in Caesar's Palace. <laughs> I win this time. I promise. If you want to know what all the demons are all about in Caesar's Palace, imagine they just made him do that for every venue. He's just <laughs> defeated by the end of it.
2: In addition, they'll be doing a mock wedding of Colonel Robert Parker and Sensuous Sherry. Aww. We're getting the
1: wedding. We're getting a wedding angle soon. I, I uh, got some regrets about Caesar's Palace oh we, well, we, well i didn't like I, I actually came out up on the gambling for the weekend because yeah. i i took like you know like a small amount of money i took like you did know, you take some money to burn i i basically saved up week by week just like bits of money i had in my wallet and mm. i was like right that's what i'm gonna go and if i lose that i've lost it fine whatever the fuck That was fine. It was the fact that when we got all the way up to Caesars and we walked through literally like a mile and a half of casino to get to the um, convention floor for the first Double or Nothing, uh, it was cool. But then we kind of just went for a bit of a wander. There's this huge fucking balcony and I swear to God you get on the balcony and it's just imagine if I was like I just wish I'd thrown myself no um, like there's just pools and pools and fountains and pool it's fucking mental like it's the most opulent but tacky thing I've ever seen all at once in my entire life because you've just got like this huge palatial pool garden thing going on and then just people on these giant like fucking crocodile inflatables just like you know being just trash <laughs> It's great. I kind of <laughs> wish I'd got in that pool. It would have been awesome. Ah, oh, just always... lie there for four hours. We didn't have time. <laughs> it's oh. just like we need to work. Find an excuse to get back to Vegas just so you can do it. I want to go. I want to go to Area Fifty One, like <laughs> straight up <laughs> Naruto. Run into. I want to go. <laughs> no, nah, I want to just go up to the gate. I want to go up to the. Uh, I don't know if you can see the post box anymore because that used to be there, uh, and they moved the perimeter back so mm. you can't really get up on any of the plateaus and look in to Groom Lake. But I want to. I want to go to Area Fifty One. Uh, and that's in Nevada. So at some point, I'll go to Las Vegas. I'll probably go to the, the Porn Stars porn shop so that I can get my dad like a commemorative T-shirt or book or something and then go straight to, to see the aliens. Nice. Yeah. And meet an alien. And then I'll come back throw myself in Caesars pool. And <laughs> if you haven't yeah. been shot by this point or... Yeah. Memory I watch. don't know. I don't know, man. If if aliens are into WCW, then we might be onto a winner. <laughs> <laughs> we might have a captive audience. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Public Enemy are coming into WCW, as we mentioned last week. Update mm-hmm. on this. They're gonna keep the name Public Enemy. Yeah, I saw that coming. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we'll see you guys on the eighth of January. Their first opponents, Bunkhouse Buck and Dirty Dicks later. Nice. That'll
1: be a yeah, it'll, be, it'll be a fucking hard match that.
2: And I have some very sad news for fans of Luke and Butch. The lads from Down Under. Don't you
1: fucking do this to me, Tom. Down Under is going to be a big deal. We've got logos. (laughs) We've got music. (laughs) We've got all sorts. There's a fucking inflatable kangaroo. (laughs) Jimmy Hart's done his his magic. Yeah. Yeah, you know. (laughs) I come from the team,
2: Down Under. No, he's got it. He's got it. Uh, Observer says it appears the deal to bring the bushwhackers in has fallen through as they were still under contract to Titan. (laughs) Oh my. God. So they talking, they're just
1: liaising with people under contract. Isn't that breaking like several contracts? I'm sure they're going to be in bother for this. Yeah, like, this yeah, is, we'll go. If that in. gets back to Vince, it's like, yeah, they've been uh, trying to fucking wrestle away. Oh, really? Okay. Jerry yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just rolls up his sleeves, gets in a limo. Already starts with this little team. We're going to punish the bushwhackers by giving them
2: less matches on television. How do you do less than zero matches on TV?
1: Yeah, <laughs> well, they take them off. Matches. Take them off the house show loop. Yeah, take them off the they're loop.
2: Very, very popular on the house show loop, aren't they? They are indeed. So not much else in the Observer this week. We're coming up to Christmas, so it's slowing down a little bit. Uh, but those of a few of the bits from there this week. We are live in Augusta, Georgia.
1: We are Monday in
2: Monday Nitro. WCW country. Proper WC dub C country. They're from the
1: don't kill me people of georgia they're from the nearby it might not be nearby at all america's like fucking millions of miles big right. uh savannah georgia is where the yes. power plant is and i believe wcw's headquarters i've googled it since and it's sad now because it's just some retail like industrial estate oh. like and it's just there with some logo and it's like you're a fake pretender <laughs> to your once former glory look at you
2: as tony mongo and the brain are introducing the show we get a shock appearance by Alundra blaze no 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 days no, 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 no. she must face no, no, no.
1: Alundra blaze no 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 right peppy is getting his big moment and she fucking walks on and takes all of the attention away livid, doesn't she peppy's dressed like a bandit this week and she calls him a rat dog who the fuck are you? She's clearly a heel. <laughs> no, she uh, yeah Why fuck course, with this, this is this is one of the most iconic moments in Monday Night Wars history. This is arguably the the first big shot back and forth uh, and it, it, it's quite the fucking statement. Watch Bobby's face because the uh, the weird historic link here is that Bobby was present when the WCW title made its uh jump over to wwf a little Mm -hmm. bit legally and now he sat there as the wwf women's championship is brought in and dropped into a bin and i believe i've heard somebody say before that he didn't have any foreknowledge like pre-knowledge of the actual title going in the bin in front of him
2: he said that previously Yeah. yeah
1: that that was the case um
2: so uh, as we as we know her, Alundra Blaze walks on. Mm. She walks on and says, can it everyone? I am Medusa. Always have been, always will be. This is the WWF Women's Championship belt. Yep. She then gets a trash can from behind her and in front of the world, turns the belt so everybody can see that it genuinely is and drops it into the trash can, in an iconic moment This in was Monday Night
1: War. This was wasted on me the first few times I remember seeing it as a kid, because mm. I had no fucking idea who Lundra Blaze is. <laughs> so I was just like, okay. <laughs> and they're talking about the WWF women's title, and I was like, they have a women's title? I don't <laughs> <Exactly>. remember this. <laughs> uh,
2: that's what I think of the WWF Women's Championship belt, she says. I am now in the WCW. There's your favourite. The, the WCW. They used to call me Alundra Blaze, now I'm Medusa. This is where the big boys play, now this is where the big girls play. That's right, that's right. She's here. But uh, yeah, The Observer writes the following. Deborah Michelli's WWF contract expired on the 13th of December. JJ Dillon sent a letter midweek to all Japan women cancelling plans with Alundra Blaze and Aja Kong that were scheduled for the Royal Rumble.
1: Which was kind of a, an agreed-upon, pre-existing mm. relationship that was f- starting to kind of flourish
2: and then hit a brick wall. Yeah, they, the reason was that Blaze's contract was going to expire and not be renewed. Several WWF wrestlers had been under the impression that Blaze was going to be dumped after the Rumble anyway. And, and an observer had heard several reports from Japan that Kong would be given the title in January. So there were some rumblings of that was going to be the case. Uh, All Japan women coming off what happened, leading to its wrestlers appearing on pay-per-views, for WWF and WCW because of the manner each represent respective company dealt with them, wants to keep its working arrangement despite this with the WWF, even though the women seem to get over much better in WCW. Medusa had signed with WCW and WCW and JWP had reached an agreement for a Medusa versus Dynamite Kansai feud in the US. However, Michelli's first television match is tentatively set to be January, a pre-agreed match for all Japan women against Reggie Bennett. But she's under contract with Dub C Dub. Medusa has said on multiple occasions this was a segment that she did not want to do. There was a real reluctance when it she got was, to the building to do
1: it. It, was the, uh, it. it was the sticking point, right? Yeah. It was like, right, well, if you want to join, then this is what you do. And ultimately, it's why I think... The blame has never really rested at Medusa's feet after, you know, people started to become more and more aware of how the industry really works. Uh, You know, just a more street level. Everybody kind of became aware wrestling was all pre-prepared. But... She's just doing what she was told to do in order to keep a job and provide for, you know, the life she wants to live. And and it's it's shit. It's fucking shit. Yeah. To have to come in and do that. and, And you're you're forced to burn the bridge, which means that your options are now this one place. And then if you leave this one place. What's to stop you doing this to any other company? So it, it really short-sighted in terms of what it did because it essentially got Medusa blackballed yeah. everywhere else. And it's why after Medusa's WCW run, you don't really see... I mean, she goes into other avenues, of course, as well in her own mm. life. She, she goes in a monster truck race and she does all sorts of awesome stuff. But yeah, like her, her career is never really the same after this WCW run. And it doesn't see this sort of height again for quite no. some time
2: and you're absolutely right she becomes persona
1: non grata yeah. for a long time the, After the this. blame rested squarely at her feet for yeah. the longest time you know it, it's like well you know you've always got the option to not and it's like yeah but if you're gonna fire me anyway and this place is guaranteeing me money and all i've got to do is this one thing i don't really want to do it but fuck it we'll get it out the way and then we can move from there she remembers she was on
2: a podcast with Eric Bischoff back in 2016 and um, she said that in about in the early noughties just before she won the world finals in the yeah. monster freestyle she wanted to get some footage of her wrestling so she rang Vince's office yep. And this is many years after, and yep. she didn't even get to speak to Vince because once yep. the person, once once Vince's um, secretary realized who it was, she just ripped her a new one over the phone. Yep. And, and and Medusa said, I, "I hung up the phone in tears. I was just like, what was the point in all that." Um, when she was invited to join the Hall of Fame in 2015, like real sort of um, Uh, post-traumatic stress disorder from this because she said she was petrified of going to the Hall of Fame because she believed that the wrestling world despised her for so long for what she did. And when she entered the Hall of Fame, she reconciled with Vince over the incident. And... uh, and now she feels the title like out the bin. Most yeah, importantly, that was the important yeah. bit. That was the important <laughs> bit. But yeah. So I mean, we're gonna keep. You know, we'll see Medusa popping up on on Nitro. Certainly doesn't become
1: as big a, a name as she as she did with no. as a Blaze. I believe this was an incident where uh, wasn't Vince live on commentary when he found out, so this and is what so was Vince in. is really subdued after that. So
2: we just watched the um, the Raw in which. He, that this is happening on the other side yeah. and you can hear the moment where he realizes what's happening is happening yeah. it's during jeff jarrett's entrance because vince just completely trails off i he's hearing about it as it's live
1: yeah i i remember uh, hearing the the pritchard podcast about this and you know with a grain of salt obviously mm-hmm. uh, but pritchard was always kind of like saying about it you know it, it, they were they would be foolish not to do it having had the chance Uh, You know, it would lead to some shit, but they would be foolish not to do it when they're in such a a bubbling situation that's going to eventually lead to war and they want to prove themselves to be the more dominant wrestling company. Um, But he said that Vince never really, like from his perspective, Vince didn't really blame anyone, which I kind of find, you know, after the phone call thing is a bit... Mm. But ultimately Vince's anger wherever it was directed eventually came back to be, well fuck, this is our fault really, isn't it? Like mm. we failed to keep the contract situation in mind. We failed to kind of make sure she was happy and everything, or if she wanted to leave, she could leave on her terms and we could put the belt on somebody else. And I think eventually it came back to Vince just kind of going, Well, fuck, we we really dropped the ball here. This can't happen again. Yeah. But ultimately, you know, that that initial sting seems to have lasted a very long time. It
2: really did. So uh, there's some behind the scenes on a very iconic moment. Mm. A forgotten piece of history about Mm. this segment People all
1: too often just as well, just real quick in general, people all too often go straight to Scott Hall jumping the barricade. Well, it's a huge moment. Mm. This is equally as big at the time. This is like, what the fuck? Yeah, it really is. It really is.
2: But here's a bit that the world forgot because they were so focused. The the history will always say, oh, this is where Medusa jumped the... uh, the women's title in the bin seconds later Mongo says well just as well we've had an invasion because I I've got a guest with me to keep an eye on things around the commentary table it's another jump from the WWF Uh. It's one of the contestants from the WrestleMania 2 Battle Royal, William the refrigerator Berry!
1: The man with the him. largest Super Bowl ring in history, apparently. The largest super jumper in history as well. He looked oh, lovely yes. tonight. Uh it's it's the big fridge. It's the fridge. He's a Bears player, yeah. so I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say anything. Nah. No. Uh, <laughs> it's 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 a big kind of like what the fuck <laughs> like I I wasn't expecting it, uh, but you know it, it's 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 Mongo right Mongo yeah. and is they're really selling over the course of this episode how there are celebrities that enjoy WCW and how you know anything can happen it's all pop. well we got blah we got blah we got William Perry we got and it's it's they're really trying to I don't know, maybe capture some of that rock and wrestling feel but yeah. in a different more 90s slant where it's like hey there's legit fucking sports people here yeah it's a lot there's you a know lot of you that. say that wrestling's fake but fucking football is here mm. they're watching it they're enjoying it and and you know the 90s were and this is another thing that made me so happy about Mania Was you, did you see Mini Rhea and the yeah, night one kickoff. Yeah, wasn't that lovely? That made me so fucking happy, simply because there was a kid unashamed, and yes, they're at WrestleMania, I get it, they probably wouldn't be in full <laughs> rear gear in real life, but there was a kid unashamed to go on fucking international live TV, dressed as Rhea Ripley, yeah. and he, no matter how nervous, was able to at least get out, she allows me to be the person I want to be. And that's unashamed wrestling fandom, and we've not seen that in a fucking long time. It's nice, is it? It's it, hopefully, Rhea, that's a good meter? future. Did Rhea mean I hope so. But I hope hopefully, so. that's a good future for mm. wrestling there. Because, you know, if more people are becoming unashamedly fans, then it means more people will be open about wrestling and wrestling will have a bigger forum in order mm. to flourish. Mm. So, fingers crossed. God love her. She's going
2: to be livid when <laughs> Rhea turns turns <laughs> heel next week. <laughs> uh, so, William Perry, you got the nickname Refrigerator because of the size of it. His size. Look yeah, at the fucking eating. size of it. <laughs> um when he joined the Chicago Bears, he got given another nickname. So is it the nickname is? No, go for it. Biscuit. Biscuit. Because quote, he's one biscuit shy of 350 pounds. <laughs> the sake? Chicago Bears called him Biscuit.
1: <laughs> Fun fact. Okay. Yeah, I know he, he has the biggest Super Bowl ring apparently ever made. Because uh, he's so his, his big fingers aunt. are just giant. So he's got like it's, like the average male ring size is like a twelve or something. Uh, his are like 20 his <laughs> ring size is like 24 27 or something it's like insane they melted a hubcap it's cab. gotta be like yeah like one of the prop rings they made for Lord of the Rings <laughs> that, to get the close up <laughs> shot and they're like this
2: that's incredible
1: I like that's that's a fun
2: fact he retired in May of this particular year in a year's time he would attempt to come back for the London Monarchs and it didn't go very well I thought f- I, I kind
1: well. of wish they'd bring back NFL Europa cuz mm. I enjoy, you know, like we get some games in London now. We're getting some games in Germany again. It it's I just I I kind of want us to have our own little group of teams, just a small league again where we have something in the off season and then we have our own little bowl mm. and it can be, you know, something small because that you know, it's enough to, uh, to well, I don't even know what the fuck's happening with the XFL. The Rock bought it, but was he buying it just to kind of hold it for Vince for a bit and sell it back? Is he doing something with it? I don't, what the fuck's going on? Well, I think on? they
2: were going to relaunch it, and then obviously the world shut down, so they held yeah. fire. I think they pushed it back to maybe 2024 or 2025.
1: Yeah, I I, I just kind of miss the idea of having, you know, a London team, a Germany team. Mm. Like, just, just give us something. Give us something. Yeah, imbe- and it's a way to get more European players into the sport as well. America always wins the World Series. Like yeah. We would like that to change. <laughs> Furious. I'm not sure we'll be able to get into like, you mm. know, triple A grade M- uh, MLB or anything. <laughs> <laughs> we might do. Uh, like we, you know, we're good at the baseball. We just call it
2: rounders over here. Yeah, we just have to be the world rounders. <laughs> world rounders league.
1: Yeah.
2: Uh, Perry gives Hedon a handshake and squeezes Hedon's hand. That's a funny yes. little bit of Heden like selling that. Uh, opening match of the night. Oh, it's a big one! It's Ric Flair versus Eddie
1: Guerrero. That's our first match of the night. It's I. What? What? <laughs> I know, right? What, what? Uh, is in- this to make up for the lack of Flair last week? Well, there wasn't even a lack of Flair last week. Just the 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 oversaturation of Hogan. Get Flair mm. out there straight away. Let him cheer. Yeah, <laughs> or give them what they want. It is Georgia. It is still kind of Flair country. So it, you know,
2: could you not done this match? on one in Flair Country and just let Flair have a nice time against Eddie Guerrero. Oh, Maybe. Yeah, oh, yeah, Who knows? Someone Hogan, is dressed as Hogan. Hulk
1: Hogan on the hard camera. It looks... It's not just... It looks like the fucking hookster from Billionaire Ted's <laughs> Raston heck? War Room. It's it, <laughs> like spitting image. I properly double-tuck, like, did they pay for him to go <laughs> along? Like, what the <laughs> fuck? <laughs> um, after last week and what we read
2: last week about the hogan reactions i wouldn't be shocked if he bought tickets to the cheap seats and they just brought him to the front see hogan <laughs> is popular this man's well, dressed as him.
1: this is this is an interesting week because there's no real mention of hogan for quite some time mm, they, they've realized they need to pump the brakes a little bit on the hogan oh, yeah, ma- on the Hulkamania. It, it's but yeah we get off to about Three quarters of the show before his name's even uttered. So and that's it, a it's good great. show. And
2: you know what? It works, which we'll yep. talk
1: about. Uh, so Flair and Guerrero
2: start us off. Flair stalls, struts and styles for a little bit. They go on and have some solid techers with Eddie constantly getting the upper hand. He's younger and he's quicker. Uh, Guerrero runs rings around Flair. Rick makes him look like a million dollars. For example, Flair's face when Guerrero outruns him and then slaps him is just a picture. <laughs> Flair is making Eddie look like a champ. It's amazing. Flair Mountain, a comeback. Guerrero soon back in the driving seat, absorbing chops, landing a back body drop onto Flair, his old favorite. Uh, aggressive Flair comes out, some chops, some strikes. Then he gets a figure four in and then grabs the ropes. Yeah. Heel rope assistance. <laughs> Not only does this how, punish him. How the fuck does this work though? So I thought about this.
1: Because, right, the figure four Mm. is the the pressure being applied to the opponent is from the backs of both of your knees, right? Mm -hmm. Essentially, you're like pinning their leg in a very awkward position. But if you lift up, as Flair's doing, surely you're alleviating the weight of yourself on those joints. Therefore, Ric Flair's actually doing Eddie Guerrero a service, and that's why the referee's ignoring it, surely, because the referee sits there like I'm not even kidding. If Tom is Flair on the ropes, the referee is me and Eddie Guerrero is something you can't see over there. It's like, are you all right? <laughs> I won't look round. <laughs> How are you doing? How's Gory? Oh, he's fucking cool, isn't he? What about Hector? <laughs> Just hold on. Look
2: at me cheating. And then like <laughs> he sees he
1: sees Flair's hands come in from like here where Flair's kind of doing a bit of whoa. And then he goes I'm not doing anything, ref, as you can tell. I'm just being, ha I'm, I'm not even cheating. What about Chava? Aha, How's here he doing? here I go, I'm it's cheating great. again. Chavito, <laughs> the boy. <laughs> Eddie's like screaming in pain the entire fucking time. Yeah, as he's asking about his family. <laughs> <laughs> Randy <laughs>
2: Anderson just no. ignoring his pain. My <laughs> thinking is that by pulling yourself up from the ropes, it, it takes some of the weight that you're using off you and allows
1: you to it, bear 11, down yeah. more. So that's the, the only thing. thing I could come up with in my head. Was yes. Maybe the angle when you pull yourself up the angle forces the knee into an even more awkward situation and yeah allows you to kind of talk it a bit more than mm-hmm. you would be able to lie in flat
2: yeah, that's what I think. But anyway, it's super effective because they say Guerrero passes out with the pain. Yeah. whilst he's being asked about his deep family members, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> hey. so what
1: about uh, what about that new boy of yours, Dominic? How's he doing?
2: <laughs> Can't believe that lad of yours who dresses <laughs> up as the gobbledygooker. Um, so that leads to a three count
1: because his shoulders are down. Yeah, the less the less utilised. Three count with the shoulders down from a submission well i i think it's only right you know mm. like a, a knockout is a knockout i get it but like if somebody passes out in a pin in position surely the pin takes precedence over the knockout unless that person's in immediate danger like if it's a yeah. UFC dive in and stop it then yeah whatever but if it's somebody kind of passing out because eddie's arms aren't completely limp either like he's still kind of just clinging to to consciousness before he kind of goes and that's it. Referee's like, nah, he's out. So but then it. he's immediately just like rolling around. It's like, oh, Eddie, you should have mm-hmm. just got up and hit him again.
2: Whilst they'll compete in multi-man matches with and against each other, Eddie and Ric Flair will wrestle two more singles matches in the history books. One more on Nitro in 1996.
1: Yeah. And then the other
2: in 2002 in the King of the Ring.
1: Yeah, after WCW buys WWF, yes. changes their name to WWF. It's, they yeah, they stage a big fake invasion to make it look shit. Mm, it's, all, it's all green screen. You think Ted Turner's not in charge of WWE <laughs> right now?
2: <laughs> I'd love it. You if prove that... me wrong, motherfuckers. <laughs> <laughs> Sam Driver's conspiracy AEW is just a red herring. I'm really worried that, like, you mentioning Area 51 and then all these theories about Ted Turner, we're going to end up doing this podcast in, like, an Anderson shelter in the middle of the desert one day. Oh, yeah, I'm going to have fucking,
1: like, tinfoil. On. <laughs> we'll
2: get a call from someone saying, "I will. yeah, yeah, you're correct. I've just been in a meeting Look, with Ted Turner. I, I, c- I, c-
1: I c- love I love the conspiracy. I love the conspiracy. I am an avid subscriber of the 14 times. I think it's great. Uh, I I'm not into, you know, the more fucking geopolitical bullshit that's clearly, you know, like queuing on all that bollocks. It, it, it's more like, hey, there's aliens over here. Hey, this guy made a car that exists and, and, and is able to drive on water, but he mysteriously disappeared. <laughs> and then you do like a quick Google and it's like, he didn't disappear. He works at fucking this place and the car didn't actually take. And it, like, I love just going into just rabbit holes mm-hmm. just to kind of see what. Different like subsectors of conspiracy groups are like, especially like space and shit. That's what I'm into. Do you like, know there's um, there's a podcast
2: called <laughs> Those Conspiracy Guys? No, which is up your street, and they're Ooh. doing a live podcast at the Clooney. Think, oh, are they this month? Fuck, but it's just over there.
1: Yeah, I might have to go to that. I'll send you details about it. In a Little bit. green men, you know,
2: <laughs> dressed as an alien, confusing. Yeah, like ancient <laughs>
1: orders controlling the world. Like in from some like I don't know like some some uh, holiday retreat in in America <laughs> with a big owl, uh, you know that that stuff. It's like how the fuck does this even come to be? You know, like, <laughs> it's great, it's great. Who's believing this? <laughs>
2: we, well, we're, we're not believing it, but we're enjoying it. Yeah. Uh, mean Gene is there. He's had a chat with Flair and Arn Anderson. And he says, can you believe there is a holiday camp run with a big owl that is controlling the world? Now, See, is it... on brand, on point. <laughs> on point. Anderson says the horsemen are on a roll. Putting respect on the name of Orndorf, but for every action, there's an equal and opposite reaction. Saying the ground rules of the horseman <laughs> is you jump one of us, you jump all of us. This is after they gave Orndorf the old pile driver on yeah. the concrete last week. The observer says the poor Orndorf is supposed to undergo neck surgery. Uh, he will no doubt feud with the horseman when he returns. He won't. <laughs> He won't feed the horse when he returns.
1: Wonderful, Uh, (laughs) wonderful.
2: So yeah,
1: I mean, like Sullivan's whole nonsense here. So
2: yeah, so after once they talk about this, Kevin
1: Sullivan and Jimmy Hart burst into existence. How the fuck is is Kevin Sullivan able to? Like, it's a remarkable skill. (laughs) Like a remarkable skill, and I'm sure it's one that you have also got right in the pocket from Radio in case anything goes wrong but it's just like the the ability to just fill time Mm. by not actually doing much and stretching a sentence out over like a couple of minutes. And he every single fucking week, it's just Sullivan going, well, wait till one of my boys gets you... That's it. That's every... But he manages to drag it out and he manages to make it, you know, at least convincing in his character. My favourite thing, though, is when when Flair turns around and realises he's there, he's like, Satan? What's up? (laughs) (laughs) He takes the mic off him. So
2: this is in response to last week when Pillman was talking about, oh, all these people are joining the Horsemen. And then he makes a little sassy comment about the Dungeons of Doom, Dungeon of Doom he just lobs it in there. Yeah. And Sullivan warns Flair, you have a loose cannon on your ship. Sullivan is upset that Brian Pillman mocked the Dungeon of Doom and he warns Arn Anderson to keep Pillman on a
1: short leash. Well, I've got in my notes here as well Arn Anderson looks like a concerned woodwork teacher when <laughs> Sullivan's talking <laughs> uh, and then he says that he needs to hammer a nail. So I thought that was quite apt <laughs> and then I just had a random thought where I was like I'd fucking love to build a canoe with Arn Anderson. <laughs> Could you imagine? It must take weeks to build a canoe if you're working flat out. Like, just working with arms, some beers, some wrestling stories, bit of sand in some wood, doing some hammering, and then go out for a nice paddle. Do a bit of... You can't fish from a canoe, but, you know, try and surf on the canoe and fall in. It'll be a right laugh. Do you
2: reckon... Do you reckon if we spoke to AEW's people, they would let us film a video where we interview Ryan Anderson whilst making a canoe?
1: I kind of wanted to do a wrestling series. If if we were based in America, I kind of wanted to do a wrestling series where, like, where I'm from, there's just a river, there's fuck all. Like, I I'm from you know further up the Tyne. It, it's it's fields and a river and a train station. That's it. So you would go further up the river and you would buy floaties and you would nearly die like every other weekend, <laughs> floating back to the hometown. Uh, you know, you don't even float like a mile down the river but the idea of just getting into like a lazy river with some wrestlers and just doing an interview just chill as fuck with a couple of beers i love that
2: that's what you do in the in the caesar's palace quick as wet and wild open (laughs) next week join me as i'll be speaking
1: to eric bischoff on the blackpool big one no we need the american males inaugural episode get him get him a wet and wild i want to see buff bagwell on the black hole bullshit you deprive us of the American Males theme. We yeah, get to the ring, and fucking Buff's naughty. just stood there on his own. He's in action now we've against just Lex Luger. come. We've come from the announce table as well, meaning Buff's just walked down mm. to no music. Unless he came out during an ad break. I don't know.
2: Yeah, we. Yeah, I was annoyed by that because it's such a catchy bit of theme. Yeah. It's such a catchy theme that we are uh, denied it because <laughs> Lex Luger must get his full entrance, his full biddly bee. Oh, yes. Uh, it is... <laughs> And here's here's a fun bit of food for thought. Um, Lex Luger and Marcus <coughs> Bagwell, a battle between the penultimate WCW World Tag Team Champions.
1: Oh fuck, Jesus!
2: Obviously, they would change hands in, in WWF yeah, time, but yeah. I mean,
1: like in like the WCW mm, in the, the time. I know they said lexicon. <laughs> <What> <laughs> I mean, like, quite literally, the lexicon. The uh,
2: why did Lex the, uh, Luger never do a thing the timeline?
1: I yeah. Chronological. The the The, the, chronology, yeah. the, the canon? The, people know. Yeah, the canon, canon type, I guess. Yeah, why didn't Lex ever use lexicon? He had a, have a book called The Lexicon. Oh, he could come out and correct people's spelling. <laughs> he could barely spell himself. Oh, imagine, teacher, imagine teacher Lex Luger.
2: Next do math.
1: Blackboard.
2: Now, eight <laughs> plus, plus eight is, is whatever that is.
1: That's right, Jimmy. It's 400 reps. Give me them now.
2: <laughs> Squat. <laughs> A big shout out to the kid in the crowd as Lex Luger's is making his entrance who probably got a parent or an enemy to write flex with Lex oh across his god. face except it
1: says flex with Locks because he has <laughs> flex with L X and his uh, his mouth is obviously the O. Oh god, yeah. So flex with Locks. Flex with Locks. Unless he like painted the E on his tongue and he'd be like, that would be hilarious." Oh, he might have done actually. Yeah. I hadn't thought of that. Um. <laughs> <laughs> he's got a jolly rancher. He doesn't <laughs> want to use a pen. He's just Perfect. trying to write it on all day
2: (laughs) bagwell has luger on the run for a bit Hart coaching lex outside the ring bagwell keeps in charge until lex gets his knees upon a body splash uh this will shortly after lead to a torture rack for a short and sharp submission win a a little so similar story with the bagwell luger match with the flair and guerrero match the youngster getting a bit of one up on the older guy but then then getting kind of knocked into
1: place yeah Yeah. you
2: you get back down it
1: doesn't matter though because it doesn't count because they did they did Bagwell dirty. They didn't play the theme, so fuck them. Yeah, it doesn't count. I'm gonna go on cage match and change this <laughs> result. I don't know if I can even do that. We're gonna change it. No contest. Because... Get on Wikipedia. We'll put it on the Nitro thing. We'll <laughs> write on the December eighteenth, nineteen ninety five Nitro. It didn't fucking count. Citation needed. <laughs> the citation is me. Yes, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. See, you, Sam you click, you click through the link and it looks like it's some like WCW website and it's just me going.
2: Just pointing at anger. <laughs> or or it's from um, from Jurassic Park. Uh, 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 Luger and heart chat to Mean Jean who's got his trainers on tonight. Uh, Luger blames Hogan for not being WCW champion. He did attack last week to be fair, yeah. at the cost of the match. He go he then says he then says, quote. You won't get away this time. This time, I'm going to take it. I'll be the champion. I'm going to wake up every morning and look at it in the mirror. That I am and will become. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) What? That's verbatim what Lex Lucas said there. (laughs) Ah. That I am and will become. That I am and will become. I'm going to be the champion that I already am and I will become the champion. Look, I can't. Luke is just a. He's just such a. He's the loose cannon. Luke is the loose cannon.
1: Loose screw. <laughs>
2: just... I sometimes think that Luger, Luger. Luger scripts are basically the same energy as just getting a tin of alphabet spaghetti and just pouring
1: it out. I've worked it out. It's not. It, it's the. It's the Murphy from Simpsons. He writes it all on his hand, doesn't he? He gets oh, out there he and he's, he's too. He's too baby oiled up, and the baby oil's <laughs> lifting off like a solvent. It's lifting off the pen, and he's like, "Yeah,
2: <laughs> Gary was not very popular at screw. <laughs> it's a maybe badly referenced. You're welcome. Uh, next, on Saturday night, Arn versus Johnny B. Bad, uh, V.K. Wall Street versus Alex Wright. He'll win this time. He promises. Um, Craig Pitbull versus Cobra, Lex Luger and Sting. They will also be on WWE Saturday Night this Saturday night. Now there is a bit coming up with Pitbull Pitman. I'm just making sure yes. that we haven't
1: missed it. Yeah, not yet. No, no we haven't. No. That's yeah, we get fine. We get Posh Bobbers versus Stanger first. Oh,
2: that we certainly do. So we is. I think so
1: anyway. I'm making shocks. Sure I'm sure. Oh no, it, no no no! It's before Bagwell Lex. Ah, oh, so, we
2: missed a lovely bit. Yeah, so we'll we'll so do it now
1: after Sullivan and all of that shit. The the threatening Pillman and the Arn stuff back and forward. Uh, they go back to commentary, and this is where they miss the American male's intro. Mm. The bastards. So uh, Sergeant Craig Pitbull Pitman comes out, and he goes straight to Bobby Heenan. He does, and he says, uh, "He's apologises for interrupting." I, incidentally, I like how Pitbull Pitman did a little creep onto to the announced position. <laughs> Pitbull Pitman also emerges with a like report. Imagine this is you know the WCW ring mic. He's like so I'm doing my lines and I'm getting closer to Bobby now so I'm just gonna do my lines and keep talking while (laughs) the entire commentary team are trying to put the mic back into my hand but I'm not getting it oh hold on Bischoff takes it off him Bischoff's like well if you're gonna do some talking let me hold that for you and Bischoff has to hold the mic Christ
2: Um, he asks uh, if Bobby Heenan uh, will be his manager he says he's been sneaking and peeking (laughs) and has discovered Hedon is the best manager of all time. No shit, Sherlock. Pittman asks Hedon to manage him. Hedon says he's a broadcaster now, but he'll put a word in with Jimmy Hart. And then Pittman responds, if I don't get help soon, I'm not going to take any prisoners.
1: Yeah, essentially, he he gently threatens to kidnap Bischoff and, and maybe do uh, stuff to him. I, <laughs> after he said, you know, Bischoff's really just going to sh- emerge next week with like a wooden leg. <laughs> And nobody's going to talk about it. But and he, Pittman's just going to be sat there making sure nobody talks about it.
2: <laughs> but he threw this threat out there after basically saying, look, lads, I'm a bit shit at
1: the moment. I could do with a, <laughs> I could do with a manager. <laughs> if you don't let me have a manager, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to beat you up. Word is, Bobby, that you're a pretty all right manager. Will you manage? <laughs> I mean, this As if you wouldn't go on your hands and knees yeah. calling through
2: glass to just beg him. <laughs> the thing is, right, this, this bit emasculates
1: great uh, oh, completely
2: but what comes I think next week just obliterates him
1: It's this like, is polite in compared to what the, happens next week The Army gimmicks aren't great in WCW they're, they're kind of a bit dated they're very um like early 90s WWE. They're quite G.I. Joe. Mm. They're quite... They stick out like a sore thumb because now you've got people like Eddie Guerrero. You've got the luchadors coming through the smaller guys and you've got all the big body guys who are now kind of shedding some of that skin. Yeah, you've still got Macho Man. Yeah, you've still got Hogan. But they're identifiable by simply colors alone. Yes. So like you don't even need to see the gimmick. You see those colors on a wrestling poster, your brain will just go, oh, it's that person. So mm. it, it's like with the these kind of lost comic book guys, it's, it's almost like a mini lost comic book era in and of itself, like the early WCW gimmicks in the late 80s, early 90s. Mm-hmm. But, you know, they've got Sting, they've got Hogan, they've got uh, Savage, but it, it's it's just kind of eh. Like there's nothing really getting done. And they, the fucking Cobra coming out to Morse code. And like they, they try it several times, but it never really takes off. And it's just not really that good a gimmick. And it's not really his fault. He's saddled with it. But it just wasn't hot at the time I don't think like people weren't really into the whole G.I. Joe thing they weren't they like weren't. kids obviously still were but it just wasn't resonating in a kind of identifiable way uh, stand by it'll only get worse for Pittman as the weeks
2: go on
0: Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.
2: Sting versus Robert Eaton.
1: Yes, Posh Bobbers. Posh Bobbers is uh, out here with Jeeves. And with a giant Confederate flag in the building. You see that. <laughs> <Confederate>. fucking huge. <laughs> Shut up, England.
2: Confederate flag all yes. the way. Yeah, this is a. So, yes, yeah, so Earl Robert replaces uh, Jean Paul Levesque. In this particular food because, because uh, Jean-Paul Levesque went to WWF. So they needed somebody else to team William Regal. As that's a corporate where... spy.
1: That's, yeah. Where he would stay for the next <laughs> 30 years.
2: Is? is that what this and is? And then
1: 2025, he emerges from his cocoon. Terrorizing, Terrorizing has re- re-emerged. Oh, could you imagine? He can't wrestle at the moment anymore because of everything that's happened. So he's still in full gimmick. He just does what he usually does. But he's now got the glorious golden mane back. Oh. Uh, the purple trunks. And he's looking more cut than ever. Don't threaten me with a good time.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I was keen to do a little fact find on Jeeves. Right. Because I thought, I don't know who this is.
1: So yeah, Jeeves gets a little bit of a special mention. And for anybody that's not watched the episode or doesn't know who Jeeves is, Jeeves is the, the whipping boy. Of the uh, the old blue bloods, he is indeed. So he comes out during the entrances, and he makes sure like the collars are popped correctly, and he's fussing all over them, kind of like a dandy would. Uh, and they're in you know the powdered wigs and all this shit. So it, it's it's very much in fitting with the gimmick, uh, but but it's ultimately a bit useless.
2: <laughs> I dug a little deeper. Yeah. And turns out that Jeeves, the the uh, the guy behind Jeeves, is oh, a chap- stunning Steve Austin. Yes, it's Triple H. Uh, is that his name is Gary Hedwick? Mm. He also played and somebody that we've seldom talked about on this podcast, which what? I'm surprised by. He was in the costume of Wildcat Willie, which oh, is the WCW God, mascot.
1: Fuck me. Yeah. So supposed to be a wildcat, looks like a giant bull. <laughs> I- <laughs> Or is it, no, I can't remember. I'm sure, or did they change out Wildcat Willy for a bull? Because I, I seem to remember a bull. Like a fucking comically large. I definitely ridiculous remember a cat. bull with a big nose ring and like an NWO tank top. And it was just oh, like. Well, maybe
2: in years to come they'll change it yeah. to a bull. But Wildcat Willy is, uh, is a cat yeah. with a WCW title around his waist. They, yeah. they got everybody cheering and booing. As the but everybody needed
1: in. a mascot, man. It was the 90s. Microsoft were trying McZ, who we've talked about at length mm-hmm. before. McZ's the boy. Uh, but yeah you needed you needed a logo, you needed a mascot. But and I you're identifiable.
2: I didn't stop digging there <laughs> on Gary Hedwick. Alright. And then I found the mother load. Okay. Oh my god, I struck gold on Gary Hedwick. <laughs> I, I, chinked, me. I chinked and chinked and chinked and suddenly I found a chunk and I found myself the gold bullion of Gary Hedwick knowledge right. from maverickbeastgc.org. He was a member of the Maverick Gymnastics Club. Okay. So this is verbatim <laughs> the bio. Where's this going? Of, it's amazing, mate. This is the bio <laughs> of Gary Hedwick, a.k.a. Okay. Jeeves. Who is understated, undervalued. So he's, not, he's not the source of the
1: name of the Harry Potter
2: bird. Sadly not. Right. No. Right. Verbatim from the website, maverickbgc.org. Gary has an impressive life.
1: Here, All right. So immediately, you immediate know, Gary's, Gary's life is maybe as, as as impressive as like mine.
2: Well, <laughs> you hold your tongue, young man. Hold your tongue. Here are some of his accomplishments and doings. Gary started off tumbling at the Maverick Club from 1967. And he hasn't stopped. (laughs) He's still going. (laughs) He was in B2 class in 1969 with Bob Buchanan. He started coaching at the Maverick Club. Wait, in fuck 19... off!
1: No, no, no. I was going to say B two because I was going to the... say nah. if Bob Buchanan was in a B two group, I was
2: going to die. He started coaching at the Maverick Club in 1976 until 1981. Whilst there, he won the archery contest every year at Maverick Camp, and three years in a row, won most cheerful. <laughs>
1: Most I, cheerful. This is just, it's given me flashbacks to the Vince McMahon yearbook thing We're where it's even... like his nickname was Flex.
2: <laughs> on June 6th, 1993. What? there's more? Mate, there is more. Gary scored a hole in one. It was at Treasure Island in Lubbock. Now the golf course is a Walmart. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Tim Hall witnessed this. It was on hole 14. <laughs> Who the fuck is burying this poor man? <laughs> Who the fuck is
2: destroying his life? From 1981 to 1983... No he... way! Still <laughs> fucking going! He coached gymnastics... 1995! Am... I know, we're skipping around a bit. He coached gymnastics at the Amarillo School of Gymnastics with Jerry Strickland. Brackets, Jerry lives in Austin. For another person. From 1983 to 1985, he coached
1: <laughs> at gymnastics so... at <laughs> Dallas with Kenny Vineyard. It's like... What? What? <laughs> Also, if we had like a staff bio page, you'd be like, Tom lives in Gateshead. (laughs) He won an award at school for the best clarinet solo when he was seven. (laughs) Also, from 1983 to
2: 1984, Gary was the Texas Armadillo Association. He was with the Texas Armadillo Association. The Amarillo Armadillo, brackets Gary, Travelled with the Texas Armadillo Association to promote the Texas 9-branded armadillo with a 30-foot plexiglass racetrack and eight live armadillos
0: and had armadillo
2: races. The Texas Armadillo Association led to Gary getting a job with the American Eagles high-diving team.
1: Gary is amazing. Gary... the fuck does he end up... How the fuck does he end up in WCW? How does he end up in wrestling? Gary was also... There's more. Gary was also There's more.
2: F- Gary was also a cliff diver for 15 oh years. My <laughs> and moved to Hong try Kong out. for 4 months and Taiwan for 3. What
1: did he just what like <laughs> oh shit Well, no, I'm not enjoying it here in where's he from Lubbock, Texas? I'm, like, I'm not enjoying it here. I'm going to just try out Hong Kong for 4 months. Oh no, he's like I'm just going to move to Hong Kong get there. Uh, I don't really like it. I'm going to try elsewhere. I'll try, stay nearby though this oh, What? He was the feature comedian.
2: What the the fuck? He's a comedian? (laughs) For the comedy trampoline show. And also one of the divers. They did regular diving and also comedy diving. And the high dive. Brackets 100 feet off the towers.
1: How? What the fuck's, what's a comedy dive? Are they the ones like, in no, cause that's like daredevilry. Like when you jump into like, when you jump into like, you know, you see somebody jump off a really high thing. It's like a paddling pool. That's like almost comical, but very uh, dangerous. How's it, like, is it on a fucking horse? Like how the fuck do you, what's a comedy dive? Genuinely, they if you don't know what away, a comedy they, dive is. I guess you dress as a butler or something. <laughs> I don't know. I <laughs> Maybe you carry an umbrella all the way down like Mary Poppins. Like what the fuck? <laughs> as well as playing Amarillo on the trampoline at the top of the
2: pole. Like how? As well as playing Amarillo Armadillo on and off for six years, he was Skids the Penguin for the Christmas funds for children in Atlanta. He was Dr. Welby from the Scottish Rights Hospital in Atlanta, Georgia. He was Mama Hawk for the Atlanta Hawks basketball team. He was the Tasmanian Devil, the official mascot of the 1998 Goodwill Games in New York. I
1: am all on board. This guy's a fucking legend. There's more! <laughs> There's no way there's more! Last but not least, (laughs)
2: Gary was with the world-famous Bud Light Daredevils! They were a professional acrobatic slam dunk show. Gary traveled to 12 different countries and performed for every NBA team and over 50 colleges and was a feature showing on ESPN.
1: Fair fucking play. The amount of times you will look up a person who is in the background... Of a wrestling show or an ancillary character, and it's like, oh, they were an indie wrestler. Oh, they had a couple of spots here and there, and did some dark matches. Now they own like a tire change place. <laughs> Fucking fair play to him. Yeah. Fair play, Gary. He
2: currently works at Home Depot in Flower Mound. He's Texas. done everything. He can chill now. That <laughs> He's is done absolutely it all. unreal. What a guy! What a guy! Big love for Gary Hedwig. What I still guy.
1: can't believe there was a daredevil team that just did basketball yeah. dives. Like, I, it's one thing I wanted to do more than anything as a kid is I wanted to be a stuntman. Really? Yeah. Well, that's Gary about I it. I took off, I will, get him on. Uh, <laughs> just I, go to Home Depot. <laughs> I uh, I took off the brand new washing machine door as a kid riding around on the bike inside trying to ride as fast as I could around tight corners and just went... <laughs> parents were not fucking happy oh, really? i used to just jump like you climb on like the um like the cabinets and just jump off onto the couch i'd just do anything i could that i thought stuntmen would do and my dad was like yeah we'll get you loads of stuntmen videos obviously full of crashing and burning to try and like dissuade me and i'm just like <gasps> he's I on want, fire i want to do it more now <laughs> look he's throwing himself down those stone <laughs> stairs <laughs> <laughs>
2: dad this is the greatest job in the world what then are you i think i realized about? i
1: didn't like pain turned into a massive puss and here we are <laughs> youtube wrestling talk
2: <laughs> <laughs> that was the second thing you were gonna do always yeah. i i read that and i was like i'm i need to that make is, sure i've got the right guy that is Hedwig. exceptional but it's also in here where it is mentioned that he played Wildcat Willie, the wcw mascot and jeeves on wcw so television he, he's
1: somebody that just has experience with cross-promotional yeah. branding and, and making appearances and being a larger-than-life character no matter what was presented to him, which means, ultimately, he's perfect for the wrestling industry. 100%. Because you could bring him in and be like, we need you to be a butler, we need you to be Willie, we need you to be fucking NWO guy 16, we need you to be, like,
2: yeah. If you listen to uh, Eric Bischoff's podcast, they, they literally mention his name and then move on. So we have given you more information that about Jeeves than any other podcast. Genuinely amazing. Hedwick, if you're listening, Gary Hedwick, sir. The right honorable Gary Hedwig. Our oh, non existent
1: hats off to you, sir. Oh, Genuinely. Gosh. What a boy. What, what the
2: an hell? absolute guy. Absolute guy. Anyway, he's Jeeves and he's managing.
1: <laughs> <laughs> now we've got to go back to talking about nitro again. I want to talk about
2: diving on horses and stuff. <laughs> anyway, he's managing Robert Eaton. <laughs> he has a match with Sting and Sting wins. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well you got uh, yeah we got let me let me look at my notes here uh, Bobbers plays Pratt to Sting's high energy offense yeah. quick easy win with the scorpion death lock. Sting splash uh, death as lock. the crowd go Oof. ape uh, Sting then gets on the mic afterwards because obviously Gene is allowed in two areas uh, usually through the week one is on the ramp mm-hmm. uh, one is in the ring if that he goes it. beyond those areas, he gets electrocuted. <laughs> it's like watching a vampire step out into daylight. Uh, they, they have to transport the, the ring and ramp in one big long lorry. The, the floor kind of closes up around it like a a, a micro-machines playset that I never had when I was a kid that I really fucking wanted. Yeah, uh, The big truck one where it would fold down and it was like a city. Oh, it was awesome. But it folds up and Gene's just inside going, Hello? just waiting for people and then then, you know they unload and he's like oh is it because he can't be he can't be out in direct sunlight which is why sometimes when you see him get into the ring you'll see like there's a little bit of a singe mark on his jacket no it's not even that he doesn't even like burst into flint. he just can't it's like an invisible wall it's like an invisible wall he reaches the end and he's like I can't go any further. Oh, wow. I thought he was just lazy. Or he puts his hand through it, his hand goes invisible, and he's like, I'm not doing this. <laughs> and until he steps through, he'll never know. Uh, but essentially, Sting, yeah, it tells Flair, because uh, Flair's out there. Uh, no, no Flair's not out there. He tells Flair down the mic, like, s- looking straight down the hard cam, uh, that he won't forget what Flair did to those kids. And he definitely won't forget after giving him two scorpion death flocks.
2: <laughs> yes! They're flags,
1: flags. what the fuck's flare what <laughs> this is pretty ominous yeah. i won't forget what you did to those kids yeah, I'm mean,
2: I was I I own I, I assumed. That it's gotta he be made like a Saturday night cry. like made the
1: stingers cry or yeah. like pushed a kid over or ripped up their sign, but Jesus Christ, it, wording.
2: It's a yeah wording. Issue with the phrasing there. <laughs> Me Gene at the start of this bit says he should be drinking eggnog with friends, but there's big WCW issues to discuss. We're so sorry we're keeping you away from your Christmas <laughs> plans, Gene. By the by the, the utter the utter right. to marry for us to give you fucking words. There's one
1: more episode to go for the year anyway, so quick.
2: <laughs> Quit your whining. Yeah. Main event o'clock already on Nitro. Uh, it is Macho Man Randy Savage versus the Giant for the WCW Gigante w title. Gigante versus Sauvage. <laughs> the, the, the fragrance. It yeah. looks like sausage, sausage every time I see yeah. it. I've got a sausage. It's nice.
1: Gigante um, sausage.
2: <laughs> I wish. Uh, Savage is over tonight. Lots of yes. love for the crowd. Arm heavily taped due to an ongoing injury before World War Three. Yeah, the commentary the melts, makes a big deal of it. Meltzer lied about it, though, so it's
1: not it's piece a piece of shit. Sheet. I it's, bet he said Pyro did it or something, and the internet exploded.
2: <laughs> the Pyro exploded.
1: God. Savage. Why doesn't he just reveal his sources, you know? Why Why doesn't he just like openly fuck up everything <laughs> and reveal his sources?
2: One day he God. Will. On the way out.
1: You remember when um that's the least you could do for me i don't even pay for a subscription <laughs>
2: <laughs> i just complain online do you remember the guy on twitter that did the rounds it might be a year or two ago where yeah. he said i've just walked out of my job with kfc yeah here are the secret herbs and
1: spices <laughs> and just listed
2: them there's no as way a big F year there's as he no goes. way
1: like it'll arrive in a bag there's no, <laughs> no way he knows plus people have already worked out probably like Nine of them, yeah, and they are just sat looking. But I, uh, yeah. But I, then,
2: uh, so I expect Dave Meltzer on his way out to go. I'm done with all this. Here are the people that have been grasping you up to it's, it's the
1: thing. It's the thing with Meltzer. Is like, I like everybody goes on. Like you know, he's he's people treat him like God, and it's like no. Like if anything. I appreciate Meltzer for his, his, it's kind of like Cornette, his, his importance to wrestling historian yes. life. Like he, you know, he has a detailed log of everything, whether you agree with his ratings or not. You know, he's there. He has a lot of shit. He's an and archivist. He's a lot of stories. Yeah, he's an archivist. So that is first and foremost with it. And, you know, sometimes you do get shitty sources that try to make you look less reputable. And in a way, you know, Dirt sheets have been very, very prevalent. You know, it does move in waves. So I think we're kind of moving against the dirt sheets right now and it all... Time's gonna flip-flop, but we've got the new rising stars coming in anyway. Yeah, is getting older, and you know, <laughs> some new some new stars are coming
2: in. Yeah, like Sean fightful of Ross That's right. Uh, Savage tries to bring Giant down with a sleeper early on. Giant just whops him off his back to the floor. Jimmy jumps on the apron. Savage knees Giant into heart and he sends Hart packing. Giant suddenly back in the fight. Big old body slam and a bear hug as we go into commercial break. Mm -hmm. And we're back from break. Savage still on the defense. Fires back by raking Giant's eyes. It's the Hogan classic. Sullivan tries to get involved. He gets (laughs) hoyed off the apron. And Giant gets him, gets Savage up in a huge backbreaker. Which is a nice little spot there. Savage has a foot on the
1: rope to break the cover. So he literally survives with a foot on the rope. (laughs) Sullivan just trying to like throw it back over. But the referee caught him and did nothing about it giant throw savage
2: around before going to the top (sighs) and oh my god
1: delivering one of the worst (laughs) the worst (laughs) splashes of all time but i don't think it's his fault
2: he's seven foot like he's seven seven
1: feet tall he's still fairly new to the industry Mm. everybody needs to remember that and it's it's I I've been on the fucking second rope of a ring and fuck that <laughs> like, fuck going up top I have no balance and uh, to be honest you it's like something you got to commit to right mm. you you like second I bend those fucking knees I've got a spring because if I don't I'm gonna fall forward his footing kind of goes out from under him and yeah. you see the rope just gives and then it's like okay and I'm going now. forward and it's just sort of like shit, and he kind of comes down awkward, and it's a bit of a mess. But he normally lands on his, he no, almost lands on his head. Yeah, but he gets his hands up. It, it's kind of it's like a messy crash landing. Slash splash. I think he gets away with it.
2: Yeah, because it's such a huge presence falling off yeah. the top rope that
1: it was. I was one of those sort of awe-inspiring that, moments. And it, while the top rope was in play more. In these mm. days, it's, it certainly was nowhere near the saturation point it is today. No, so absolutely not. So it's, you know, people may have gone like, well, that's the risk for going up top. Mm. And, you know, it would have maybe been written off like that. Uh, after he misses the splash,
2: Savage lands an elbow drop, runs up the top, hits a diving elbow, gets to two, and then Giant Bench presses him off. Oh, it's,
1: and Savage just fucking goes flying. <laughs> just goes. Bischoff goes twice goes,
2: he threw him like a loaf of
1: bread. Like, why? There was another phrase. He kept saying this one thing. Loaf of bread. Like, he said it about four times in three sentences. And I would just be like, what? It was like a turn of phrase or something. I definitely heard him say "loaf of bread" yeah. multiple times. I just I it wasn't like that. It him. was kind of like it wasn't this, but it was kind of like imagine somebody going, "Well, that's what you get." It was like imagine just oh. hearing that like three times back to back, <laughs> starting a sentence. It's like what strange times. <laughs> giant, um,
2: uh, giant then lands a drop kick, yeah, which is nice. Like he's hitting the like, okay. They're not, they're not polished. No, but, but he's a hefty. Yeah, lad he's like busting that. them out busting out the moves is amazing giant pulls the protective covers back he goes for a suplex outside the ring this spot i've never seen before and i bloody loved it i did the logic's a bit weird The
1: logic's fine for me the logic's fine for me i think that so long as you can do it in this way where giant doesn't seem to be aware of quite how close he is to the ring because he's kind of distracted picking savage up yeah savage stumbles forward so he stumbles back and he's not looking. He doesn't collide with the ring. He kind of mm. just takes that step back, then goes to lift him. The thing for me was that it kind of... It, it I'll explain, just the, I'll explain the spot first. Yeah. So
2: what it is, on the outside of the ring, they pulled away the, the covers <laughs> and Big Show uh, hooks up Savage for a suplex on the yep. outside gets him up for a suplex, but they're very near the ring and they're very near the ropes. So Savage is able to put one arm out and then another arm out and grab the ropes and sort of clutch onto the ropes like a koala as the giant just stumbles back (laughs) on his own. He's still holding his
1: hands out like this. Yeah, just falls backwards. I liked it. I I really like the spot and I think it's really inventive. It was just the kind of, I don't know if it was the camera cut or whatever, but that flat landing for the giant Mm. just felt a little bit kind of oop, oop, oop. Yeah, like, a little, rather than being like, what, what the fuck, and didn't have a deep impact. His back. But at the same time, you don't really want to be throwing somebody that young, that big, and that important to the future of the company <laughs> straight into the floor, no. as hard as you can. Break your fall a bit there on the way down, which he kind of does because he bumps into the ring and yeah. Well, I thought it was really cool. It was like, a cool Really, spot. really cool. It didn't. It didn't help Savage at all. No, Giant he gets in the ring and he's like, back up. Like, like just pretending to be all like, uh, you know, just just flustered and, and out of it, and then yeah, Giant just goes well, whoop. sits up in the ring, <laughs> <laughs> yep, yeah, straight in, big old choke slam,
2: then he bounces off for a leg drop, and you can hear the crowd start popping. Yeah, as the leg drop lands,
1: uh, ref counts the two.
2: Here's Hogan. Uh, no, no, but this
1: is in fact we need to mention this. Yeah, Hogan. Yeah, So at the very start of this match is the I believe, the first utterance of Hogan's name or the first substantial utterance of Hogan's name on the episode. Uh, And it's just a throwaway comment. And it's kind of a little bit throwaway conversation while people are making their way to the ring. And it's essentially, well, you know, Hogan's still on probation. uh, And let me see if I've got it. Uh, Yeah, it's like Hogan's still on probation. They're doing all this stuff. uh, And you know they're, they're trying to just kind of just mention he well he could be here but he's not going to be allowed out he could be you know at home watching it but i've, I've heard rumor that he was supposed to be coming down tonight and that's it mm-hmm. and it's like okay well, that that's fine like that's it's, it's telegraphing that he's gonna pop out but it's nitro we know he's gonna pop out yeah. so like that being the only mention of him i was like yeah okay it works i liked it it was good it was good um Here's
2: Hogan. Here's Hogan. Oh, as the pin's about to go down. Steel chair, clack off the back of Giant. Disqualification is thrown. And Hogan just loses his fucking mind. Uh, Yeah. Uh, He runs out with a chair. He decks the Giant. He decks Hart. He decks Sullivan. He decks the ref. Anybody moving. Giant sent flying over the top. By a chair shot from Hogan, Hogan's just dad decimating. Yep. Mongo and William Perry decide we should stop this.
1: <laughs> so Hogan, real quick, he he um he lays out everybody in the ref, then gets on the mic with Gene, I think. Then no, he runs this,
2: down the ramp. This, this happens. No, the Mongo oh, this, bit. The Mongo happens bit happens, happens first. That. So yeah,
1: the Mongo bit's interesting because Mongo and the fridge come down, and Hogan's still got the chair, and there's Mongo there's William Refrigerator Perry and there is a meek old timekeeper of some sort <laughs> just stood there. He takes a look at each of them and he goes, oh, I'm not going to fuck with you two guys. And he just batters this like
2: old guy
0: <laughs> <laughs> just,
1: with a chair.
2: He kind of swings a chair at Perry. Yeah. But Perry doesn't sell it at no, all. Perry it's- just kind of, Whiffs it off, it, yeah. And then Perry and um, Pe- Perry and Mongo try and talk him round, appealing for calm, yeah. Uh, and then Hogan he gets into the Hogan snaps as commentary. The crowd are up for yeah. it. Uh, he starts shouting at Mongo and Perry. The crowd are chanting Hogan. It's because that's what they want to see. Good. They've
1: missed him. They've not <laughs> seen him all night, all week.
2: Uh, this must have been a great relief for the team of uh, WCW, hearing Hogan chants, not booze for Hogan. Must have been
1: a bit of a shitter for Savage though.
2: Yeah, I put here at the same time, screw Hogan for stealing Savage's spotlight.
1: Yeah, he uh, he doesn't just steal the spotlight. He says it. Uh, oh yeah. Was it what it is? Is what it is. Uh, and then Giant comes back. Hogan then goes back down the ramp. Mid interview, lays him and Sullivan out with a chair again before getting back in the ring and doing the Macho Man. Oh yeah. Yeah. And he's doing, you know, he's he's laying them into conversation. It's being laid in sentences. He's not just doing them. So he's like, you know, as the macho man said, but Savage is right there. Yeah. And it's like, fucking what? Uh, but Hogan's like, this is my belt. It's got my name on it. It's my title. It's my belt. I want my belt back. That's what the Hulkamaniacs want. And me, me, give me my belt, me. And Savage is just like, well, uh, this wasn't planned by the company, was it? Terry, I've got like ninety matches to make <laughs> first. Terry, uh, he
2: says, the whole world—Jupiter, Saturn, Venus—is waiting for Hogan versus Savage. Uh, hogan, hogan basically he says Hogan went loony toots. Actually, there's a bit here where, um, so he does the woo yeah after he's so he's talking. Giants like, come on, Hogan! I want to get you. The giant's been held back by Hart and Sullivan. Hogan goes, "Excuse me a minute, Gene." Runs out of the ring with a chair and just bops behind oh, the chair. Yeah. Back in the ring. <laughs> Woo yeah, says Hogan. To which Savage, admitting defeat, goes, I needed his help tonight, but he oh. sure as hell didn't need mine. Oh, Hogan. Blah, 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 blah. He's so fucking great. Yeah. Hogan says, Macho man, get over here, brother. By hook or by crook, it's all going crazy in the WCW. My name is on that belt. The maniacs have been training and you owe me a title shot. Savage says, Hogan win." Lose. Then
1: he, then he the most true statement ever uttered in a very WCW.
2: Very true. And you're absolutely right about the 70 title matches. And he says, "Look, once I've beaten Flair next week, and then I've done the New Japan show, and then once I've won, won beaten be, the winner of the triangle match, <laughs> and once I've beaten Starcade. I must admit, I talk sometimes like this." with Alex, if Alex has asked me to do something. Yeah. i go, Yeah, I'll just empty the dishwasher, then I've got to put some stuff in the wash, then I've got to record an interview. And yeah, then I'll do that. That's fine. <laughs> and I better know than just, I know I sound pissy when I say it's it. It's better
1: than just letting it mount like I do. And then you come <laughs> home one day and it's like, I'm just gonna curl up into a ball.
2: And then one day like some, like a pin drops on the floor and you go, <laughs> That's
1: it, I can't face... I can't face the mess.
2: Just <laughs> just, just hide around it. That's how hoarders <laughs> Hide starts. in it. or hide in yeah. it. it's even better. Yeah. Um, Hogan ends warning Mongo in the fridge. They get in their arena. They'll take him out. Yeah, it's easy for Hogan to talk when he's far away from them. <laughs> yeah, you come back here, I'll have you. He wishes Savage good luck and then they'll find out who the challenger is. Savage asks Hogan, can you sign this chair that you hit the giant with? I'd like to sell it as memorabilia.
1: Not just that. He says he's going to get uh, Sullivan and the Giant to sign it too. So obviously know. they're on very good terms backstage. Imagine,
2: could you imagine that? Hey,
1: <laughs> Listen, hey I'm Hogan just you hit you with this. Just
2: thin, can you sign the chair that fucking concussed you, brother? <laughs> <laughs> Silly bollocks. Oh, what a nitro. nitro. <laughs> Crash bang wallet. What a nitro. Uh... <laughs> fuck's sake it's another one that ended with hogan having a long chat and them going into overtime
1: it's just yeah i I get why they do it it's hulk hogan at the end of the day the guy's still a they even played his theme at the end yeah they played american made uh and he's supposed to be on probation and all this stuff but hogan while he's doing this interview with gene he's like oh well you know they're supposed to be on probation and they're supposed to be doing this and that's supposed to be happening and so why is it only me getting punished so, well, Hogan, you've just laid out fucking referees with a chair, like, and an official. You tried to like, kill what do you, what you think, Terry What do you think? you pushed Giant off a roof. <laughs> like, <laughs> but but the, you're lucky you're not in prison. Yeah, you should be fucking locked away, Terry. <laughs> you monster. <Yeah. laughs>
2: um, favorite part of the week? Favorite part of the show this week?
1: Uh, I mean, Medusa's up there for sure. Yeah. Uh, other than that, I don't know. I quite liked um, Scorpion Death Flock. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's nice. I like that. Just a simple, innocent flub. I like
2: it. I did enjoy Nobody's the Savage fault. Giant match for what it was. Oh yeah, I thought it was. I thought it was that good. Spot fun. was fucking great. Yeah, yeah, there was a couple of nice little moments in there, and I did like that. And we are on the races to I think the final Nitro in 1995. Next yeah, week. We'll and be then in
1: 96 in two weeks' time. What a year 1996 is for wrestling yeah. in general. We can finally start talking like we're better than everybody else on this <laughs> side. <laughs> They're all looking down at us going, WCW, Dungeon of Do fuck you. <laughs>
2: <David."> <laughs> and until we can do that next time with you, he is at the Sam Driver on Twitter. I'm at Tom Gamble on Twitter. Together we are at Tom Gamble on Twitter. Tom Gamble on Looney Tunes.